Hello again, podcast listeners. This is Grayson, the education representative for Fuller's Music, and I'd like to thank you for listening to the Fuller's Music Podcast. This episode is part two in the series called Advice for the First Three Years. For this series, I plan to meet in person or virtually with as many band, orchestra, choir, and general music teachers as I can to provide value to all music educators. For this episode, we have several middle school band directors as well as a college professor. Enjoy. This is Dr. Wagner with East Carolina University. I thought really long and hard about this, and I'm sure that there's a lot of great advice that we could give, but um, one of the first things that I think new teachers need to know is that they need to take care of themselves, first and foremost. The job is going to be overwhelming. It's going to seem huge. I remember those days. So beyond eating and sleeping and making sure you get exercise, there's also making sure that you're connected with your own music making. And, and I think another part of self-care is staying organized and on top of things. So taking care of yourself, both mentally, physically, and emotionally, and staying centered on what you need to accomplish in your job. And one of the ways you can do that is you have to build a little bit of resilience. And so uh, my next tip would be that you need to find a way to stay very positive and to clear your mind at the end of the day. So that might mean journaling. It might mean calling a friend. It, it might mean um, just having some kind of time at home to kind of think through what good things happen during the day and making sure that the people that you are surrounding yourself with are positive because you got to stay away from the negative energy. The job is hard enough without people bringing you down. And that kind of then moves into mentorship. So the best thing you can do is find mentors. And it might be somebody that you student taught with. It might be a university professor. It might be your music representative, the person that comes in to see your school from the music store. Anybody that can help you deal with the nitty gritty of what's happening in the classroom. And I think as I, as I look back on my own teaching, I was so afraid to let somebody know that I didn't know. And that will hamper you. I think I, ham I got in my own way the first couple of years because I was afraid to ask. You can't be afraid to ask because when you, when you don't ask, you have to reinvent the wheel. And somebody else has already invented the wheel. So why not ask how they did it? and get that information. So finding somebody that you can really talk to that is a master teacher, it might be in your building, it might not be in your building. Finding a mentor within your context of your school that can help you through all those uh, political kinds of things that happen within a school building, that's key. Having a group of first year teachers or second year teachers that you can kind of relate to is also building those relationships is so important. And you have to take the time to visit classrooms. So NCMEA is a wonderful mentoring system, but people don't take advantage of it. 
They don't have mentors. These master teachers are saying, here, I'll come help you. And nobody asks them to come in, you know, it, and it takes work, right? It takes organization and you're bearing your soul um, because teaching is, is something that is a very brave act. It takes a lot of courage to teach and to ask somebody to come into your space and help you with that. So uh, building your courage and your resilience and developing those relationships and then taking care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't take care of other people. Take care of yourself. That would be my advice. This is Blair Dial with Tucker Creek Middle School. All right. So as a new band director, my biggest tip is to reach out to an experienced director to be your mentor. When I first started teaching, my mentor was a very experienced math teacher, but she knew absolutely nothing about what I was doing. It wasn't until my second year of teaching that I really took the initiative to find someone else that taught band in my district to really become my mentor. Had I done that my first year, my life would have been a whole lot easier. Just remember that the experienced teachers want you to be successful, so we want you to reach out to us. My second tip is to remember that the kids are the priority in every decision that you're making. Their focus is the students. So as long as you keep that in the forefront of the decisions that you're making as a band director, as a teacher, as a leader in your school, then your decisions will be the right ones because the kids will be your focus. This is Dave Stroud with Newport Middle School. Hey guys, a couple things that I would recommend for beginning teachers is, uh, and I'm sure most people have already said this, is finding a mentor, finding somebody that you can rely on to bounce ideas. Since we teach in a school and we're the only band director in the school, we don't have other people to bounce ideas off. It's not like a math department where you've got four math teachers and they can kind of share best practices. What you're going to have to do is find somebody that is older and smarter than you that has been around the block. I mean, when I first started teaching, I was very fortunate that I had some crazy talented band directors in this county that gave great feedback good and bad and sometimes I would go back to my house and I'd be scared to death because oh my god what do I do now they do this so easily and so well and I'm just I'm a new teacher what do I do so find a mentor that is definitely a, a good thing the one thing I like to talk to with my student teachers is goal setting a tangible goal I mean not like we're gonna go play at Midwest next year that's not really a tangible goal but having like goals for yourself and goals for the kids now in years past I was always using our bandathon in the fall or our Christmas concert or all district auditions we're always getting ready for the next goal and kids can really rally behind that and it could be like a weekly goal setting I have my kids do a playing assessment every every week and they're tangible something that a kid can feel successful about something that a kid can say I feel good about what I just did if it's like four or five assignments a week and it's really crazy and it's really hard kids are not going to feel encouraged they're not going to feel a sense of satisfaction and they're probably going to quit your program or be less engaged in your program so find a mentor and goal setting tangible goal setting the other thing is go to concerts when I went to MPA as a young teacher I would uh, go on the first day so I could kind of get it out of the way but then the best thing about it was is being able to go back to MPA on the second and third day and just sit with older directors and talk about the good and the bad or I shouldn't have programmed that or I should program that so um, going to concerts and going and listening to what other people are doing is great it's it was always great for me to go to a neighboring middle school's concert so I could hear what they're doing to see if I'm on track with what I'm doing at my school versus what they're doing at their school and it's always kind of cool to see somebody at a concert because they do things differently than you do and you can kind of pick and choose the stuff that you like I can take this and copy paste from their program to my program because it's kind of neat. Uh, when you're programming 
aiming for these goals, like whether it's a weekly assessment or whether it's the spring concert, Christmas concert or whatnot, it's good to have a push piece in there, but you don't need to do four things that are really, really challenging. I would do two or three things that are underhand pitches so you can work on the big picture things like the musical, uh, crescendo, decrescendo, the, the artistry. And I don't think you can do that if you're doing all things hard. If, if kids are struggling to play all the notes and rhythms of something, they can't really get to the expressive playing or the, uh, the excitement. So I would recommend not over-programming. Do two or three things that are easier. And then do one piece that might, yeah, kick their butt a little bit. That's going to be not as musical, but it was good for the kids uh, uh, for the challenge. Because you're always going to have kids that can play the easy stuff like that, but then you need some harder stuff to challenge those those older kids. So um, that's it. This is Karen Matthews from Dixon Middle School. So a couple of words of wisdom. Um, I've been teaching now for 23 years, so I've done this for a little bit. Ask for help and get advice from experienced directors. They are a wealth of knowledge, and they are willing to help um, the younger teachers, especially the inexperienced teachers. Um, you may feel awkward. You may feel embarrassed. You may feel inadequate. But all the advice and all the tips that you can get from someone who's been in the trenches and who's worked their way through it is extremely valuable. Don't try to change too much in the first few years that you're there. The first year especially, just kind of look around, go with what's already happening, make notes to yourself about what can I change later. You don't want to rock the boat too much. There's already enough transition with a new director, and students and community and administration are all very loyal to their music teachers, and so they don't want a whole lot of change to begin with. Get to know your community, especially if you're in a rural area. The people and the places in your community are extreme assets. And especially if you're teaching high school in a rural community, you need to balance whatever type of show that you're doing to involve community interest, but yet still have musical value. Um, I taught at Dixon High School in Sneeds Ferry for many, many years. And when we first started there in 2000, I had to be very conscious of about the types of music that I would play because I wanted community buy-in, but I also wanted it to be valuable music for the students to learn. And then finally, recruitment. Recruitment is key. Numbers are key. Um, and especially if you're teaching middle school, you need to remember that you have to recruit not only from the elementary school for your rising sixth graders, but you also need to recruit for your high school. That's not just your high school band director's job. That's also your job. Your students at the middle school level have only known you and so they're going to trust you more than they're going to trust an outsider, even if that band director has been in your band room numerous times. And the parents are going to trust you. So you need to make sure that you are recruiting for your high school as well as your elementary school. This is Kevin Day with Jacksonville Commons Middle School. So some advice that I would probably be giving to teachers in their first three years of teaching in the classroom are just narrowing down to a few specific things. One of them is some prep work that would be involved uh, involving organization and planning. You want to make sure that you have your plan of attack as far as what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it and making sure that you have any documents, papers, books, anything like that that you're going to use for your students, making copies, you know, what specific actual literature and things that you're going to use and you already have it set in place which goes into the next thing which is planning. You want to make sure that the planning process is weeks ahead of what it is that you want to do even though each day that goes by it's very possible that you might 
have to alter the plan based on how things go in the classroom as you kind of get to know your students, which is normal and absolutely okay as long as they are getting somewhere and you're moving forward with them. The second thing I would say um, for the teachers in their first few years in the classroom would be something that an old wiser teacher told me years ago, which is relationship building. And this is with everybody that you're working with. All right? I believe that this starts with those that you meet first, which would be administration, teachers in the school, custodial staff, cafeteria staff, bus drivers, anybody that you're going to be encountering at some point. You need to be building a relationship with them. Get out during your planning. Take a walk through the school. Get to know the teachers. Just walk by their classrooms. You don't necessarily have to pop your head in, but you at least take the time to make yourself seen and not just kind of hiding in your classroom all the time. All right, And they see that you're a team player and that, that you're a reliable member of that that faculty team. It's very important. Getting to know your students is a part of that relationship building in that uh, not all the students are going to learn in the same format. Some students are visual learners, some students are kinesthetic learners, hands-on different types of things, and you have to get to know them as individuals. Individualized um, uh, learning is huge in the classroom, uh, especially these days with, uh, you know, different types of individualized educational plans with the students, but really getting to know them as people and as learners, getting as much background information as you can is important. And then lastly is uh, balancing the fun and the work. There is an element of work in the classroom, but we have to also remind them that what it is that we're doing is supposed to be fun, all right? In teaching in a music classroom, music is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a joy. It's supposed to be a blessing. And we are supposed to have the fun aspect, but we have to remember there is also the work aspect. So finding that balance in the classroom so the students are getting the pleasure and the enjoyment, the aesthetic pleasure out of it, but also committing themselves and understanding that there is an element of work to be done in order to be successful. This has been Reyes with Hunters Creek Middle School. One of the things that I've kind of learned teaching middle school this year, especially being a beginning teacher, is figuring out that it is okay to implement changes if something isn't going well. I came into this job with the perspective of a high school band director, and I've learned, especially a lot throughout this semester, that, that some things work and a lot of things did not work. So it's okay to explore outside your comfort zone and take the time to decide and, and look at how your students are progressing and then say, okay, is what I'm doing here working or is it not? And then feel comfortable with making that change. Uh, another thing that I've thought to be very helpful in, in terms of uh, my own success is I've been really into looking to digital resources, specifically like podcasts and YouTube videos. There's a whole wealth of educators out there that, that want to share this information with us, and you can realistically find anything you're looking for. As a beginning teacher, there's a lot of overwhelming situations, um, especially right now with COVID and everything just being interesting. I will say that, that the more people and the more resources and the more um, opportunities you have to learn and grow as an educator can be only beneficial to you and your program.
This is Tina Robinette with CMF's Middle School. So I've been teaching for 16 years and I started teaching middle school band and then I taught high school band. And my words of advice would be to go home. I mean, honestly, when we're young and we're unattached, um, we just spent a lot of our lives in a practice room throwing our entire world into making ourselves better. So when we're in the teaching setting, we want to do the same. We want to throw our entire self into making ourselves a better teacher. And it's not good for your mentality and for you as a person. And so honestly, my advice would be to just learn to leave work at work and separate it and to have an outside life and to, you know, make friends and, and you know, just sleep, <laughs> you know, and it's okay. It'll be there tomorrow. So you don't have to do everything today. It's not going to be the best years of your teaching career. And you got to, like, just know that and learn from everything and move on. But you have to go home. You have to separate it. I also think that it's definitely okay to make mistakes in front of kids. Again, we're perfectionists. We don't want to make mistakes when we perform. We don't want to make mistakes in front of people. We want them to think we know it all. Even high school kids, you know, when I was a lot younger and teaching high school seniors, I thought, well, they know more than me on that instrument. But the truth is they don't. I mean, you know more than them. But making a mistake in front of them shows that you're human. It shows them that it's okay to make mistakes. They learn from you. And so making a mistake and then how you deal with it in front of them is probably a better lesson than not making the mistake at all. Remember that we're here to teach them how to like handle those mistakes and to move on and to learn from them. So by you doing that, it's showing them how to do that and to be better as well. And then the only last thing I would say is that if you find yourself in a position where you are teaching beginning instruments and you feel uncomfortable with that, as I was, I thought I wanted to teach high school, got landed in a middle school beginning band position. and. I, uh, my advice would be, I was a woodwind player, so I could demo my instrument fine, but then I picked a brass instrument, and then I just took it home and learned it, and was just really honestly one day, one note ahead of whatever I was teaching them. So I was teaching them whatever fingering, I would just go home and learn it and practice it a bunch, and then the next day, I was only one step ahead. It's not like I was a master of that instrument. I did not feel that way. But again, me learning with them, making mistakes, I learned, oh, if I'm having this problem, they're also having this problem. So uh, again, so all that is good. Go home, have a social life, and then make mistakes in front of your kids. It's good for them. It's good for you. Good luck. This is Phil Smith with Swansboro Middle School. So when I think about back to my uh, my first few years teaching i think about um some of the goals that i had going in and a good friend of mine said your your first goal is to survive and to figure out what your style is going to be as far as a teacher goes and i wanted to be like some people that i looked up to in the profession some people whose bands i'd heard and who had just remarkable results and in low-income areas and things like that and I was in one of those and I thought well maybe I could I could just be like them well that didn't work for me and it took me a while to figure out that that was why things were not working out so I had to I had to try different things and you can't be afraid to try different things to get the results you want and find out who you are as a director and as an educator you're not going to be like somebody that that you look up to as great as they may be it's hard for you to accept that hey you know i got to do things a little bit differently and then learn how how to do that and what that is and that's going to come from trial and error so don't be uh, afraid to do that step out of your comfort zone with that and and just try different things and figure out who you are as an educator 
The other thing is, um, especially right now in these COVID times, you're probably not dealing with larger classes and a lot of different sounds and a lot of different learning styles. So the way to do that is to go ahead and accept that there's more than one lesson plan, there, that every instrument is a different subject pretty much, at the, especially at the, the more um, the beginner levels, the middle school levels. Um, you're doing a lot of different things. So the way to, to, to keep the kids motivated is to set definite goals and to over plan and, and make sure that you understand that, hey, you know, I may not be able to do my lesson plan today because there are some problems that I'm hearing that take precedence over anything that I've got planned. So you have to be flexible, except that you're, you've got a lot to do and use your recording devices and listen to recordings and make lists and i know it's time consuming but the recordings don't lie and that's a great way to be able to hear things over and over and over because in your first few years a lot of times you need to to hear things more than one time and more than 10 times or more than that so that's my advice and good luck that's it for this episode We hope you enjoyed listening to the Fuller's Music Podcast. If you did, please leave a review and let us know how we're doing or what topics you'd like to hear a podcast about.